Welcome to Classic Comedy of Old Time Radio. I'm your host, Ron Eckelbarger. Next up, The Bob Hope Show. This is episode number 527, and it originally aired on March 11th, 1952. Here now is Bob Hope with his special guest, Gracie Allen. Chesterfields are much milder, with an extraordinarily good taste, and no unpleasant aftertaste. They satisfy millions. Sound off, sound off, sound off for Chesterfield. Good evening, folks. A big hello. We're here to start the Bob Hope Show. Lots of laughs and plenty of fun. We'll settle back with a milder one. Sound off for Chesterfield. Sound off for Chesterfield. Buy a pack of Chesterfield. Do it today. Chesterfield presents The Bob Hope Show, direct from the Naval Training Center in San Diego, California, transcribed with Les Brown and his band of renown. For Chesterfield's yours truly, High Everback. Our special guests, Gracie Allen, Jerry Colonna, and the Bell Sisters. And here he is, Bob Hope! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, here I am at the U.S. Naval Training Station in San Diego for Chesterfields and Navy. And these sailors gave me a very peculiar welcome when I arrived here. Now I know why they call them boots. <laughs> these sailors here are all training. The only water action they've seen up to now was in a San Diego laundromat. <laughs> I know this area. I get around, boy. <laughs> and it's no accident that this training station is located in San Diego. Tijuana's so handy for maneuvers. <laughs> but I want to tell you that during the training period here, discipline is very strict, and the fellas never see any girls. It's so bad, one guy is going steady with his tattoo. <laughs> But the men really love the Navy. One guy just signed up for another four years. I said, are you going to make the Navy your career? And he said, no, I just want to finish paying for my pea jacket. <laughs> and now I know why a sailor has a girl in every port. With all those buttons, someone's got to do the sewing. <laughs> but the real big news is that spring is here. This is the time of the year when the birds and the bees follow the sailors and take notes. <laughs> Spring is the season when little green things start poking their heads out of Crosby's wallet. <laughs> but I love spring and... <laughs> what joke are you working on? And it's spring in Washington, and all the Republicans are ready to. <laughs> spring had a tough time arriving in Washington. Senator McCarthy saw the first red robin and wanted to investigate the whole thing. 
And Senator Key Farmer was first to know it was spring in Washington. His coonskin hat chased a cat up a tree. <laughs> Republican cat. Crazy <laughs> cat. But Taft would love to know how Eisenhower does his spring cleaning. Eisenhower stayed in Paris and he mopped up 3,000 miles away in New Hampshire. <laughs> The mask is off. That's right, folks. The mask is off in cigarette advertising. Chesterfield is first to name all of its ingredients. The right combination of the world's best tobaccos, pre-tested by laboratory instruments for the most desirable smoking qualities. Chesterfield keeps these tobaccos tasty and fresh with tried and tested moistening agents, pure natural sugars, chemically pure, harmless, far more costly glycerol. Only these are entirely safe for use in the mouth as proved by over 40 years of continuous use in tobacco products. Remember, the world's best tobaccos, pure natural sugars, costly glycerol, nothing else. And your Chesterfield is wrapped in pure white cigarette paper, the best that money can buy. We name our ingredients because we think every smoker ought to know what makes Chesterfield the best possible smoke, what makes Chesterfield much milder with an extraordinarily good taste and no unpleasant aftertaste. Visit your dealer and sound off for Chesterfield. They satisfy millions. Ladies and gentlemen, this week our show originates at the San Diego Naval Training Center. But now, let's go back earlier in the week and see what preparations were made for the show. First, Bob went to see a music publisher to arrange for the appearance of the new hit singing team, the Bell Sisters. <laughs> See, the office ought to be right down the hall. Oh, here it is. The Pollock Publishing Company. Hmm, must be quite an outfit. They got a fur door knocker. Let go of my mustache or I'll bite your thumb off. <laughs> Professor Columbus. <laughs> well, a fur door knocker. Well... <laughs> Colonna, what are you doing here? I'm president of this company. You are, huh? Yes. Well, what can you possibly know about music? Well, everything. Right now, I'm working on a new number, the Professor Colonna Suite. Your suite? Thanks, Hope. I've always been fond of you, too. <laughs> Colonna, when you get married, pick out a very smart girl or else all your children will be idiots. Okay, Dad. Let's not waste time, Colonna. I understand your company handles the Bell Sisters. That's right. I believe they're around here someplace. Let's try this recording room. Oh, you do, yes. Oh, my mistake. In this room, we're pressing a Sinatra side. Colonna, you're actually pressing Sinatra. You didn't think he looked that way naturally. <laughs> Now, what about the bell sisters? Oh, let's uh, try the next room. Oh, wrong again. In this room, I'm just finishing one of the classics. <laughs> ah! Kelowna, what classic were you finishing? Tchaikovsky's Fifth. 
Oh, I, I'm sure, I'm sure the Bell sisters are in this room. Oh, hello, girls. Hello, Mr. Colonna. Girls, I know you're much too young for this kind of a shock, but this is Bob Hope. <laughs> Hello, girls. Which one of you is which? I'm Kay, and I'm 12 years old. My name is Cynthia, and I'm 16. 16. <laughs> 16. Boy, how I'd like to be 16 again. Oh, that's easy. Just divide your age by four. <laughs> Down, you mattress mouse. <laughs> well, girls, I'd very like, uh, I'd like very much to have you come to San... <clears throat> <laughs> have you seen my fur dur knocker? <laughs> girls! You're gonna snicker all night. I'm not gonna... <laughs> girls! You're still there, aren't you? <laughs> Girls, I'd like very much to have you come to San Diego and be on my show. We'd love to, Mr. Hope. Well, I think the two of you would add a nice touch. You're so young and fresh, and you seem so unspoiled by your success. I love being on your show. How about you, Kay? Well, what about the loot? <laughs> I love that 12 years old loot. <laughs> I didn't know Crosby had a daughter. Say, Kay, you know I have a daughter just about your age. Really? What's her address? Why? I like to write to her and cheer her up. <laughs> this kid's a musical delinquent. <laughs> By the way, Cynthia, is it true that you wrote the best-selling hit for Muta? That's right, Mr. Hope. Well, I think that's wonderful. Sixteen years old and writing hit songs. When did you get interested in music? I guess I've been that way all my life. When I was a baby, I used to listen to Bing Crosby records. I got news for you. When I was a baby, I listened to Crosby records. <laughs> but have you hey. seen my fur dur knocker? That's what I was. <laughs> Girls, let's, uh, let's hear the song you're going to do on the show. Okay, Mr. Hope. Down in Bermuda Paradise for two I lost my lover There on the blue Thank you. 
show, you know. <laughs> and they're going to come back in the after show. That's wonderful, girls. That's real great. Thank you very much. Hey, look at the time. I got to get back to my house. I'm meeting Gracie Allen there for a script rehearsal. See you later, Mr. Hope. Goodbye, kids. Hello, Bob. Well, Gracie Allen. It's been so long since I've seen you, and I must say you look wonderful. Well, thanks. So do you. You, you haven't changed since the first day we met. You know, you still look like that same sweet girl. Thank you. So do you. <laughs> well, she's off and running. Tell me, Gracie, how's George? George, George who? George Burns, your husband. Oh, him. Oh, he's fine. I saw him on a television show last week. Now, wait a minute. I saw that show. You were on with him. Last Thursday night? That's right. Oh, you know, I wondered who that cute girl was. <laughs> Shall we get the rehearsal started? We're way off schedule. Oh, well, now that's my fault. I'm sorry I didn't get here on time, Bob. Well, what kept you? Well, on the way over here, I stopped my car at a street corner. There was a sign that said school crossing. So? So, I waited a half hour, no school cross. <laughs> That sounds just like a woman driver. Well, I have to be. 
George wouldn't like it if he were married to a man driver. <laughs> Look, let's get on with this thing. As, as, as you know, we're doing our broadcast for the Navy, and our writers thought... You know, my Uncle Harvey was in the Navy. Oh, swell. Now, we figured... And, and Uncle Harvey had a terrible experience in the Navy. What do you mean? He tried to enlist. <laughs> well, what's so terrible about that? They accepted him. <laughs> Well, that's very interesting. Now, Gracie, on our show, we're going to do a sketch. Oh, well, that's nice. And in this sketch, you play the part of a wave. A wave? Yeah, you know, a sailor will wear a skirt. <laughs> oh, do they let them do that? <laughs> no, no, a wave is a lady sailor. Remember, there are lots of women in the Navy. Oh, well, now, that's wonderful. They must be good company for the boys. <laughs> No, Gracie, no. The waves do a lot of jobs in the Navy that the men don't want to be bothered with. Oh, yeah. Oh, well. I understand that perfectly. You know, an admiral wouldn't want to stop what he's doing just to have a baby. <laughs> now, what about our sketch? Well, and I think an admiral should... Now, do hold it, hold it, please, please. Excuse me, Gracie, I, I'd, I'd like to talk to Hive for a minute. Uh, what is it, Bob? Well, hi. Uh, what am I going to do? I, I can't get Gracie to concentrate on the script. Well, I, th I think she's always this way, Bob. There, there's nothing really wrong with her. Well, I think the trouble is she's not used to working with anybody but George. Well, how can I get her to relax? Well, maybe if you talk to her quietly and hold her hand. Oh, it's worth a try. Oh, Gracie. Yes? Could you come here a minute? Yeah. Why don't you come over and sit here in the love seat with oh, me? Oh, no, you don't. <laughs> well, what's the matter? Uh, I know you men. You ask a girl to sit on a love seat and then you try to put your arms around her and kiss her. That's not true. You mean you don't do any of those things? No. Well, then I'm not going to sit down. <laughs> oh, come on. Well, all right. There. <laughs> that Bermuda got her. Well, all right. Now, just... Just let... Have you seen my fur knocker? You haven't. Have Look, honey, let me, let me just, let me just hold your hand and uh, put my arm around your shoulders. I just want you to relax, see? Now put everything out of your mind and, and just forget everything. Relax, Gracie. Relax. There. Now, how do you feel? <laughs> no, I put her to sleep. Gracie! Wake up, Gracie! Oh, look, Gracie, we got a show to do when we must rehearse. Well, we better do it at my house. I've got to get there right away. Why? Well, I've got uh, chicken cooking in the oven, and the gas has to be turned off in ten minutes. Well, do you have to do it? Well, certainly. The chicken will never be able to reach the knob. <laughs> no. Remember this, Chesterfield is first to name all of its ingredients, the world's best tobaccos, pure natural sugars, costly glycerol, nothing else. And Chesterfield gives you every advantage known to modern science. They're made by experts in the newest and most modern cigarette factories. 
They're supervised by experts in our Chesterfield laboratories, where our chemists, with the help of outside independent consultants, including scientists from leading universities, make sure that Chesterfield contains only ingredients that give you the best possible smoke. Sound off for Chesterfield, folks. Try a pack of Chesterfields. Do it today. Get smoking pleasure all the way. Change to Chesterfield today. Much milder with a better taste. And no unpleasant aftertaste. Sound off for Chesterfield. Sound off for Chesterfield. Try a pack of Chesterfields. Do it today. Well, right now, Bob Hope is on his way to Gracie Allen's house where he hopes to complete the rehearsal for his broadcast. What Bob doesn't know is that Gracie has mistaken his friendliness for affection. She thinks he's in love with her. As a matter of fact, Gracie's at home right now telling her neighbor, Blanche Morton, all about it. Gracie, what's the idea of calling me over here so suddenly? I was on my way to the market. Well, there's something very important I have to tell you. Uh, what is it? Blanche, can you keep a secret? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you anyway. <laughs> Come on, Gracie, tell me. Well, all right, Blanche. Now, somebody other than George has fallen in love with me. Oh, no. Who is it? Who is it? Well, all I can do is give you a hint. This man... Oh, uh, by the way, did I tell you it was a man? <laughs> no, but um, that's the best arrangement. Well... Anyway, this man is a famous star of stage, screen, radio, and television. His specialty is entertaining troops all over the world. He plays a wonderful game of golf, and his name is Bob Hope. <laughs> I wonder who that could be. Well, Gracie, don't stand there and tell me that Bob Hope is in love with you. Well, I can understand it. After all, lots of older men fall in love with younger women. <laughs> Gracie, where'd you ever get this mad idea? Well, I was over at Bob's house for a radio rehearsal. First he asked me to sit on the love seat, and then he put his arm around me, and he held my hand. Oh, I'll bet he was just trying to be friendly. Oh, no, no, you can't fool me. I know men. I, I read a book all about them. <laughs> what book? The Boy Scout Manual. <laughs> Gracie, there's nothing about love or romance in the Boy Scout manual. Oh, I wouldn't be too sure. How do you think they start fires without matches? <laughs> well, I must say you picked a very interesting man for your pipe dream. Well, he's not really bad looking, is he? No, he's not. Uh, except for his nose. Huh? What's the matter with his nose? Well, didn't you notice it? That big thing sticking out of his face? Oh, is that his nose? You know, I thought he was wearing a jockey cap. Well, Gracie, what are you going to do about the situation? Well, you know, I don't know what to do. That's why I asked you to come over so we could have a man-to-man -man talk. Look, uh, why don't you just tell him that you're happily married? No, he wouldn't pay any attention. He's too crazy about me. 
Well, Gracie, there's one sure way to get rid of a man. What's that? Well, men can't stand having the play taken away from them. They hate aggressive women. That's because they want to be aggressive and forceful. Oh, you know, that's so true. You be the aggressor. Fall all over him. Act bold. Look bold. Look bold? Yeah. <laughs> Have you got a real daring dress? Have you got anything that's backless? Yes, George. <laughs> Yeah, well, well, do the best you can. Now, Gracie, as soon as Hope steps in the door... Now, let's see. Gracie's number is 312. I'll just... Oh, hello, Gracie. Here I am, right on time for the rehearsal. Come in, Bob. Say, you know, I always try to... Wowee! Gracie, you're all dressed up. Well, I always try to dress for special occasions. You even got a poodle haircut. Yes, I, I I hope it looks nice. I had to do it myself. Why? Well, I looked all over town, but I couldn't find a poodle who knows how to cut hair. <laughs> That's figured. Well, you certainly do look wonderful. And are you wearing perfume? Yes. You know, the girl at the store said to put some behind each ear, but I, I could only get a little on. How come? Well, you have no idea how hard it was to get my ears in the bottle. <laughs> Isn't that just like a woman? Anything for vanity. Now, don't be disrespectful about women. There are a lot of us, you know. That's true. Whenever you see someone that's not a man, you can bet your life it's a woman. <laughs> you know something? We think alike. <laughs> yes, I know, and I'm scared. <laughs> well, what do you say, Gracie? Should we start the rehearsal? I brought a couple of scripts. Oh, put those scripts away, Bobby boy. This is it. What? There's, there's no use pretending any longer. This is the main event. Gracie, what are you talking about? I know you're mad about me, handsome, but you can't help yourself. You're, you're just a moth caught in my flame. Steady, Gracie. Oh. <laughs> Take me in your arms, you fool, and kiss me. You've got just the kind of lips I like. One on the top and one on the bottom. <laughs> Boy, I bet you'd look wonderful in a strapless straitjacket. <laughs> oh, don't, don't, don't joke, lover boy. I've got it all figured out. Right after the broadcast in San Diego, I'll slip across the border and you meet me in Tijuana. <laughs> really, Gracie, this is too much. Well, I'll disguise myself, but you'll know me. I'll be standing on the main street dressed as a cucaracha. <laughs> I'll be there with the DDT. You know? What? On second thought, though, maybe we'd better not go to Mexico. Why not? I can't speak French. Gracie, maybe I'm sick, but I don't get any of this. Oh, I know. I know you're trying to play dumb just to protect me. But when we're sitting on the love seat at your house, you held my hand. Well, that was a dead giveaway. You're mad about me. But, Gracie, I was just trying to be friendly and make you feel at home. Oh? Then you're not in love with me? No, of course not. Oh, gee, that's a load off my mind. Oh, you know, the whole thing was silly. George would never let me run away with you. He'd never forgive me. I know. Why, I'm George's life. He'd be lost without me. He'd never let me go. Oh, excuse me, Bob. Hello? Yes? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, of all the nerves. Who was that? George. He said 
says if we'll wait till Sunday to run away, he'll let us have the car. <laughs> The memory of every new recruit who's now a Navy boot. The way you've trained, you have attained the right to our salute. And we thank you so much. Yes, sir, thanks to Captain Monroe, Commander McLean, and Lieutenant Tossel for the Navy hospitality here at San Diego. The beans were a hoot. <laughs> and you know, it's nice having Gracie Allen with us today. And I know the boys will go out of here tonight just trying to figure out. She's great. Thanks to the Carnation Milk Company for loaning us the lady. And the Bell Sisters are dolls. These sailors, I'm sure, will attest to that. Also, Brush Kelowna. See you next week. Meanwhile, remember, Chesterfields are much milder with an extraordinarily good taste. As the report of a well-known research organization, Chesterfield leaves no unpleasant aftertaste. They satisfy millions. <laughs> Be sure to listen to the Bob Hope Show next week from Barstow, California, with our special guests, Claudette Colbert and Joanne Greer. Chesterfield is brought to the Bob Hope Show, written by Larry Gelbart, Larry Marston, Larry Klein, and transcribed direct from San Diego, California. Well, there was also a singing group that guest starred on the Bob Hope Show today. They were called the Bell Sisters. Here is what it says about the Bell Sisters on the website bellsisters.com. Quote, the Bell Sisters, Cynthia Strother, 16, and Kay Strother, 11, were discovered on October 31st, 1951, singing Bermuda on a Los Angeles television program called Peter Potter's Search for a Song. Hey, what do you know? They had Star Search all the way back then. Or, well, it's not, not Star Search. was it now The Voice and America's Got Talent and uh, all those other ones. Okay, that was not part of the quote. Here, we'll take the quote back up. <laughs> Their subsequent rise to fame was immediate. The song, which Cynthia wrote, was picked up that night by a music publisher who was one of the judges of the evening's amateur competitions, unquote. Now, the surname Bell was their mother's maiden name. And they recorded that song, Bermuda, for RCA within just a few weeks of being discovered on Peter Potter's TV show. By March of 1952, Bermuda had reached number seven on the Billboard charts and eventually sold over one million copies. For a couple of years, the sisters were pretty hot stuff. They performed with K-Star, Rosemary Clooney, Debbie Reynolds, Lucia Ball, Tony Curtis, Dean Martin, Jerry Lewis, Mel Torme, of course, uh, Bing Crosby, and Bob Hope. They even went on a USO tour to Korea. And Kay, who was 13 at the time, was the youngest performer ever to tour with the USO. Their popularity declined in the late 50s, and they left show business, got married, and raised families. Grace Ethel Cecile Rosalie Allen was born in 1895. She made her first onstage appearance at three and hit the vaudeville circuit at the age of 14. In 1922, while performing, she met another vaudevillian, George Burns. They hit it off so well that they formed a comedy act and then got married in 1926. George and Gracie were the loves of each other's life. It was truly a romance for the ages. 
The act with Gracie and George began with Gracie as the straight man and George delivering the punchlines. But they soon found that the audiences were laughing more at Gracie's straight lines than they were at George's comic ones. So they switched and George became the straight man with Gracie being the comic. And it worked. They left vaudeville for radio in 1932 and were radio stars until 1950. During this time, they also made about a dozen films. They moved to TV in 1950 and were on the air until 1958. Gracie Allen fought a long battle with heart disease, ultimately dying of a heart attack in 1964 at the age of 69. George Burns's remains were buried at her side in 1996 when he died at the age of 100. He lived an additional 32 years after his beloved wife died. And the marker on the crypt where Gracie had been buried was changed from Grace Allen Burns, beloved wife and mother, to Gracie Allen and George Burns together again. Please send your questions and comments to host at classiccomedyotr.com. Come back next Wednesday for another episode of The Bob Hope Show and check in on Friday for the next installment of The Life of Riley. Until we meet again, in the words of James Thurber, let us not go back in anger or forward in fear, but around in awareness.